0: Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, shorthanded goal! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at lvsportsnetwork.com. Puck comes out high. Wah gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty, right circle, backhander. He
1: scores! What a move! Nicolas Wah gets the Knights back
0: So Chapman and I yesterday, we got into all kinds of different things that we don't go down. And one of those was mm. the new ECHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, because that was announced yesterday as the Golden Knights uh, move on from the Fort Wayne Comets over to the expansion Savannah Ghost Pirates. And mm. I-, I was kind of wishing... I know that you had the birthday party yesterday, and uh, happy birthday, uh, and uh, glad that you guys had a great time yesterday. But, like, Ghost Pirates, Savannah, that had Ryan Wallace written
1: all over it. Yeah, I mean, the the logo's fantastic. Yeah. The name is awesome. Uh, everything about... The Savannah Ghost Pirates, when I saw that yesterday, resonated in my soul. I think it's fantastic. Like Darren, I know how much you like ghosts, so I I couldn't give you a hard time yesterday about ghosts being in the name of a hockey team and how much you had to have been all about it. But to me, uh, the the, the logo, the name, it's all fantastic. It is exactly what an ECHL should be. I love every bit of the Savannah Ghost Pirate uh, experience, for sure.
0: We're going to follow up on that uh, little by little over the next uh, couple of weeks as uh, Savannah rounds into form. Uh, they've got their head coach in place. Uh, Vegas is going to have a real hands-on uh, direction with that uh, ECHL affiliate. Uh, so we're looking forward to, to that. A little surprise that it wasn't Ghost Night. Uh, because we've got the Silver Knights and the Golden Knights and stuff. But uh, as as I was reveling in that wonderful announcement yesterday with the colors and the logo and, and the new expansion um, the thread that we've got going between Vegas and Henderson and Savannah, I'm watching mm-hmm. these games, and I, I'm becoming more and more feeling of missing out, FOMO, uh, as, as I watch the hockey right now thinking, if Vegas just got in, they would they'd be right there as they were getting a little healthier and and things were coming together, uh, because of the mm-hmm. it, the unpredictability of this postseason is staggering.
1: So I, I I tend to agree with you in that I feel like there was a, a, a missed opportunity, and for me the missed opportunity comes in the I, in the. Uh, context of Vegas versus Colorado in the first round. Like we have seen some absolutely fantastic matchups over the course of the first three ish weeks of the Stanley cup playoffs, first round five game sevens. That was awesome. But the only clunker of a series just in terms of drama was Colorado's first round matchup against the Nashville predators. If that would have been Vegas, that would not have been a four game series. It would have been some of the most riveting hockey, uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I I just wished we would have been able to see it because Vegas-Colorado was a heavyweight matchup. If you can get that in the first round, it would have had all the appeal of Toronto-Tampa. Who's been the most
0: impressive team so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Who's a team that you're looking at and went, oh, they, they might feel even worse than clubs that came close and didn't make the Stanley Cup playoffs?
1: Well, I mean, I, from, from a disappointment standpoint, it's, it's Nashville. Like, you get swept in the first round. I don't care that you're going up against the Colorado Avalanche. Like, to me, it, it, it's, it's a waste of time. And, and it's exactly what Daryl Sutter said it was going to be. It was a waste of eight days. There was no chance. There was no opportunity. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that, you know. But you they're an all-or-nothing the team
0: anyway, right? Like, they, they, either yeah, but, they, they win but, in five but, or they lose in four.
1: But, like, my, 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 my point, and, and it's been my point for a while now with the Nashville Predators, why be middling, right? Like, you get into the playoffs, you have no chance. And, and, and you can disagree with me on whether or not you think that, but, like, there was, there was no simulation you were going to play between Nashville and Colorado that was going to see Nashville win that series. So what's the point? Like, I get it, you're in the playoffs, I get it, you get two more games at home, but there's really not a benefit to it, at least not not where I stand, not where I see. I look at the Nashville Predators, I say, you've got to find a way to be better, you've got to find a way that when the that when you get into the playoffs next time, you actually have a chance to do something, and that's where the, the FOMO with Vegas comes in, because if they got in, it's not the same thing as Nashville where you're hoping, right? You're yeah. hoping that maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. You have a team that could go all the way that could do some damage. So, I I I think the Nashville Predators have been incredibly disappointing just because they were swept out of the first round. Um, and then from there, like I, I find the Florida Panthers to be a bit underwhelming. I, yeah. I just do. They have not looked particularly good in the postseason, and I don't have any. They're going to be able to do the things they need to do to turn this second-round series against Tampa into a series.
0: Yeah, when I bring up uh, Vegas and the FOMO, uh, I'm not saying, hey, they were they were all coming together at the right time in that last game against St. Louis, and it was, it was uh, just on the verge of uh, erupting. Uh, they, they were what they were. Uh, they were a team that had battled through injury and were having trouble putting it all together, and, uh, and maybe we're never going to be healthy uh, enough to, to really have that A lineup that we saw in September. Where I have the FOMO is everybody else is so bloody inconsistent right now that that gives you a chance. <laughs> that, that's more the opening. Uh, it's on the other side. Vegas, Vegas was going to be hard-pressed to, to have everything uh, line up perfectly, as it was, mm-hmm. and, and and this this gap this this rest period is going to be so good for the for the for the players uh, part of it, and then we'll see what happens uh, on on the coaching uh, front to when they announce the the head coach, and and that that is is good. But everybody else, no, nobody's been able to really put it together, and I'll I'll put Colorado in that in that mix uh, as well, even though they've only lost one game.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, I think they've probably been one of the closer teams to to putting it together than you know anybody else but you're you're right like there were even stretches against Nashville where it seemed like scoring goals was a chore and they were facing Connor Ingram for most of that series so like to yeah. me i i agree with with that sentiment like i you know i one of the teams that i think is interesting in, in that we we maybe give a little bit of love to is the St. Louis Blues because once they got the upper hand against Minnesota there was no looking back once yeah. Jordan Binnington got himself into games he just decided that he was going to, to to throw it back a couple of years and be the guy that helped deliver a Stanley Cup to the St. Louis Blues. I think more often than not, the Blues have been marginally consistent or more so than other teams. But you're right. It's funny because you know the Carolina Hurricanes in the first round, they couldn't win a game on the road to save their lives. You look at the New York Rangers, it took a lot and a lot of comebacks to be able to outlast the Pittsburgh Penguins. And then that Toronto-Tampa Bay series was back and forth every single game one time or one game it was the Leafs that looked like world beaters Uh, then the next game it was Tampa that looked phenomenal so inconsistent I think is probably the best word to describe the first round of the playoffs and even where we stand right now (laughs) what you started that by talking about which
0: team the Blues yeah okay and 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 how they look like they've got it together I mean the Craig Berube uh, did did an awesome job uh, doing shuffling his lines uh, both in the first round series and and last night uh, mm-hmm. in, in reacting to that uh, victory uh, in in game two, in which they they stepped up and stopped the Avalanche streak. Here, here's the thing, and this this sums up the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs to a T, mm-hmm. and the inconsistency and the unpredictability of it st. Louis turned a corner they were down two games to one against the Minnesota Wild they yep. put Bennington in and mm-hmm. and Bennington got so much credit because of his puck handling and being able to uh, spread things around and and the, the the pressure of the Minnesota Wild actually decreased more because of Bennington's uh, puck handling as much uh, as as his his goaltending and and he's been great in the series against Colorado Bennington coming into this year, was historically bad <laughs> since he won the Stanley Cup. Like, yeah. historically. The longest winless run in 40 years. The third longest in Cup history. An 0-for-9 stretch. And he gets the credit in a lot of ways, and deservingly so, uh, for helping turn around the, the, the St. Louis Blues. Yet, yet... He was like, on a
1: three year <laughs> losing streak. F- figure that out. The, uh, I, I actually have a theory, if I may. Jordan Binnington does his best work when he is trying to establish his role as the number one, right? Like, he came in, he was able to do that when the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. He took that job over and would not relinquish it. And what did he have to do again this offseason? Or, I'm sorry, this this postseason? He was not the starter. He had an opportunity. He seized it. And I, it's not really surprising to me that in trying to win his job back, you're getting throwback Jordan Binnington. Because I think that he does his best work, not when the pressure's on as the guy, but when he has to be the one that kind of saves things for the Blues to go.
0: That's a great theory. And there are a lot of athletes that I've known that thrive on that type of situation. They're not great front runners, but give them a chip on their shoulder or something to, to aspire to, they're much better, and they can raise the level of their game. I don't know what it is about that, but it certainly works uh, with Bennington and what he's been able to do because Jordan has been outstanding uh, so far. Uh, in this playoff since he, he's taken over. So you like the Blues. Is there anybody else that, I mean, Tampa Bay, uh, 2-0 and against the Florida Panthers. I love what mm-hmm. they've been able to do. I still wonder... Like how much they've got left in the tank? They lose three players at different times last night. They all come back, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, the 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 uh, Braden points already out. I just wonder if if this is like they're just trying to stretch it out as long as they can. I don't, I don't know whether they can go all the way. Uh, Carolina, I want to buy in. I'll never be able to buy in. I still haven't bought into 2006 uh, and, and 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 that <laughs> championship. I just haven't been able to do it. Uh, I, I don't know whether I can safely say that there's a total front-runner. Tomorrow, it may be different because I get to watch a, a, another game of Calgary and Edmonton. But I don't know whether there's a true front-runner right now in these
1: playoffs. I, I think that you, if I'm looking at this objectively, I want to say it's Tampa. Just because I, I don't buy really? the Florida Panthers as much as I wanted to, as much as I hope to, um losing your first, losing the first two games of the series on home ice scares the crap out of me for the Florida Panthers. Now, you couple that with the fact that Andre Vasilevsky does not lose two games in a row, neither does the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he's got like a million shutouts in those situations. I, I just don't know that the math works out right now for Florida to have to win four out of the next five games against a Tampa Bay Lightning team that does not lose back-to-back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And you like um, them
0: against Carolina and the Rangers in the next series?
1: See, see, that's the thing. Like, I, I think it's dependent on who comes out of there, right? Like, I don't know... How much I buy into the New York Rangers, and I'll, I'll give you the reason why. In Game One, the Rangers played about as perfect a game as they could absolutely play against Carolina Hurricanes, and they still ended up losing two to one. And Igor Shesterkin was good. Like that is worst case scenario for me. Like I don't think the Rangers are going to be able to play that game three or four more times against Carolina. So I, I if if the Rangers come out of that series then I think Tampa is the front-runner out of the East because I don't think the Rangers have enough to battle the Tampa Bay Lightning. But if Carolina comes out of that New York Rangers series, then I think that the the, the buck stops there for the defending Stanley Cup champions. I'm going to tell you right now,
0: Tampa's in the Stanley Cup final. Tampa, Either does way. Like what you said about not losing two games in a row, that's totally true. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So it all lines up now against Florida, uh, winning those first two games on the road. By the way, Tampa... Goes to the beach on the uh, the day before both wins in Florida, and they throw the football <laughs> around. They play a little bit of volleyball. They walk. like that. That was their routine. They go. John yeah. Cooper sends the guys to the beach. No skate. No. They totally get away. They relax and they they uh, have some fun in the sand uh, on, on on South Beach and and chill out. And then they go out and they win the two games. I don't know whether they are connected, but I I I know that every player in the National Hockey League is saying oh, we like John's idea uh, a, a lot. <laughs> Uh, about chilling out uh, before both games but you're right the math lines up Uh, i like Mm -hmm. them against either the rangers or carolina i think the biggest challenge getting by the after getting by the toronto maple Leafs will be the stanley cup final and i don't know whether it's colorado or Mm -hmm. calgary it's one of those uh two teams st louis good story I, we'll see and, and and you know I I wouldn't be uh, upset if it was it was St. Louis uh if if it I tell you what though if it's St. Louis then there's big changes coming to Colorado it uh, has to be I, I love everybody around there i love all the players their coaching staff uh it, it it it's a it's an easy team to to like uh mm-hmm. inside the hockey world uh, because of the personalities in and around there but if it's if it's not like if st Louis loses in the second round there'll be some tweaks and uh, we'll mm-hmm. see what happens there uh, but uh, but if Colorado loses in the second round it's it's like devastation uh, i don't know whether it's devastation for Edmonton It'll be real disappointment losing to Calgary and then not getting mm-hmm. by uh, but uh, but but I think it's it's Calgary's my favorite coming out of the West and uh, then Colorado's right there uh, but but the three Pete I'm shocked to be able to to sit here and tell you this. I mm-hmm. think the three Pete is
1: alive and healthy right now uh, that opportunity yeah. I I think that it's very much viable right like, I didn't say I, I didn't think I'd ever say that again, Ryan ever well no i i i i i mean I I didn't think it was. like It's interesting, right? Because you you see what happened in the early 2010s where you've got the Chicago Blackhawks and the LA Kings. Like LA and Chicago, they were kind of the two teams vying for the opportunity to to string three in a row. And it just never happened because each one of those two teams had to go through one another in order to do it, and they just alternated through four years. Uh, The Penguins, I I mean, you look at those teams, you look at the back-to-back championships, and then it's just... You play too much hockey, you've got a lot of wear and tear on the body, you're trying to kind of line up windows in order to make things work with certain players, and it just kind of falls apart in that third year. But what the Tampa Bay Lightning have been able to do, in, in spite of the fact that they had to get rid of Barkley Goudreau and Blake Coleman and Yanni Gord who were instrumental and all they've done is replace those players with guys that are showing up and having big games right now. It goes to show you just how well run that organization is how great they are at identifying talent and finding pieces that fit within the mold of what John Cooper is expecting to do. You've got a roster of players
0: that have have been cast off since they started this run. Uh, 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 Carter Verhagey. Like they're, they're, yeah. There's another one. Tyler Johnson, there's another one, like yeah. uh, a whole, and, and they've still been able to go.
1: And, and you know, it, it just kind of goes to show you where the expectations lie for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Like, you know, it, you mentioned it, yeah, you mentioned it earlier, Darren like they had three guys up and, in and out up and down the tunnel, blocking shots, all the stuff, laying into things. and like, I think the Tampa Bay Lightning maybe don't get enough credit for being a gritty playoff team. Like we remember Tampa from that first round sweep at the hands of the Columbus Blue Jackets and all the storylines and all the thoughts about how this team can't win and they're not going to dig in and they can't do it and they are all skill all the time. And they have completely flipped that script. And all you have to do is look at the last two games, really the last game, Game 7 against Toronto, and the first two of this Florida series to realize just how far they've come. So when you look at Tampa, and I'll throw out, a couple of high-praise
0: comments. Mm -hmm. Are the Lightning in the same category? If they get to a final, that would be four finals since 2015, and the opportunity to win three straight. Are they in the same caliber, both team and individually, Stamkos and the Tampa Bay Lightning, to Gretzky, Oilers, Messier, Oilers, Rangers... Uh, Mario, Penguins. I'm thinking dynasties that we can kind of relate to. I can go back a little further, but I lose you guys because I'm old. Uh, uh, but but are they are they in the? And well, I'm I'm like Stamkos is elite. He's he's not what he was. But we're talking leaders here. Messier, yeah, Gretzky, Lemieux, high end players who won yeah. multiple championships is is Tampa on the verge
1: of doing that I I mean I think so like listen, I think so if, if too they're able, if they're able to win 3 in the salary cap era the the way things have, have kind of been and especially kind of their entire story of, of losing in 2015 with this core intact and then not being able to get out of the first round missing the playoffs even for a season there and then all of a sudden, they have emerged as a team you simply cannot beat in the playoffs, period, full stop. I, I mean, I, I have a hard time not putting them in that that same echelon because it just it's rare that you win two in a row, let alone challenge legitimately for three. And that's exactly where the Lightning are right now. I, I think that if they get three... We have to start talking about them in that vein, and we have to start talking about Steven Stamkos as one of the best leaders in hockey right now. So remember there was a time when Stamkos looked like he
0: was an elite player who skated under a dark cloud. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is injuries and failures or come up short in clutch situations. Mm -hmm. Never being able to push it right across, or he was hurt. and and unable to uh, perform. It's kind of like when you look at what they've been able to do and are able to do right now, that's the team that if I'm Vegas, I put up on the wall and say, we want to be that. We've been close before. We went Mm -hmm. through this season of terrible bad luck, and it pushed us out of the playoffs. Uh, Our our captain, we, we hope that he's healthy. And we come back and we replicate what they did, and keep it on the uh, the same path as as what Tampa Bay was able to do. That is the exact path that I want to uh, I want to track if I'm Vegas.
1: Yeah, I I mean it's it's the the track that's won over the last couple of years in hockey, but but I, had I issues. That, sure, and and to me, like I think. I think it's about philosophy. It's about not panicking. And and you and I have had this conversation a couple of times, obviously, since the end of the season for the Golden Knights, about what the expectation should be over the course of the offseason in should you run it back as much as possible. And I think that more so than any other time in Golden Knights history, you need stability from year to year, consistency from year to year. Your big jumps... This season, this coming season, is going to be in Mark Stone being healthy, Max Pacioretty hopefully being healthy all year long, Jack Eichel acclimating, having a full off season where he's healthy to get into game action, out of camp, ready to go. The, the biggest jumps from a production standpoint on the ice are going to come from what you've already got, and the only thing you have to do is give them enough time to grow and come together as a team, just like the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to do three, four, or five years ago.
0: You know what we're going to do really early on next year? Maybe it's maybe it's November. Maybe, maybe it's October, if, uh, quick start. We're going to say Mark Stone has equaled his totals Number of goals from last year. Mark Stone's to <laughs> yeah. his points total from last year. That's 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 what is tracking because we had the lumbar uh, dystectomy uh, yesterday, and he had the uh, the alteration uh, the the procedure on his back, and uh, everything went well. And Kelly McCrimmon uh, has has said it like uh, good news because they know exactly what it is. I can't tell you how um, positive I think Mark Stone is today given what we've heard about the surgery and the the success of it, he must be itching to get back to training and be healthy and be ready to go pain-free and be able to play. And uh, the, the recovery, rehab, and training is going to be like like an awesome uh, bright sun ray of light on, on Mark Stone this summer.
1: It's, it's going to be, I think, just one of those things where you you recognize how important it is to be healthy and, and how much you kind of take certain things for, for granted when um you know when things are going well and, and to me Mark Stone getting that exuberance back of, of just being able to move his body through space yeah. without pain and then what that's going to translate to on the ice. I I am with you. I, I think you know you, you get this procedure done. You get to a little bit of downtime, and then you ramp back up. And and I think that for the Golden Knights, a team that's played a ton of hockey and the results haven't necessarily gone your way um, in terms of the ultimate goal over the last two years, I think it's harder and harder and harder to come refreshed. Now you have an opportunity to come back refreshed and settle some unfinished business. And I think that it's going to be led by their captain, who should be able to hit camp without... The pain that he's been dealing with over the last two years. Yeah, and
0: sure, you, you suffered a setback individually and as a team. Mm-hmm. But then you go, Kose. I wa- remember watching him on November 11th, though, one year in Boston, after going into the post and blowing out his knee. And you're like, what? this guy can't catch a break. And yeah. uh, the Olympics and of and, uh, Stanley Cups and stuff. They they they've, they've re- that. Is right there I I'm not a big fan of, of holding a peer or the, another team uh, uh, in in high regard or trying to replicate them because you're you're supposed to be your own team run your own race but that is the perfect example of uh, what to strive for. Vegas has to go through a couple of – well, Mark Stone healthy at training camp. They want everybody else uh, back and ready to go in training camp. The new coach uh, in in training camp. Vegas right now is one of five teams looking for a head coach as another club was added to it today. We're going to go down the path of teams looking for a head coach and who might also be looking for a head coach. And one of those clubs is still playing. And another one was just eliminated. And you may be surprised at the addition of this. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Going to give you a list of names, some teams. Tell me what they have in common. Dallas, Winnipeg, Detroit. Philadelphia, and Vegas. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace. What do those five teams have in common?
1: Well, they're all looking for a new head coach, Darren. You're right.
0: Because one of them did make the playoffs, so you can't say that. So it comes down to the opening at, uh, at head coach. Now, I'm going to throw in. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't want to lead you here, but I'm going to throw in okay. a couple of my other teams. You got Vegas. Philly, Winnipeg, Dallas, Detroit, adding in Florida, Boston, both made the playoffs, San Jose, Montreal. Why would I lump those nine teams together?
1: Well, I would lump them all together for the same reason that we just lumped those first five together. Like, there are question marks surrounding the head coach position, Well, Florida's still playing. Do you think there's a a question mark there? I think there is. I think it depends on the results. I think that there's an option where, you know, you're looking at an interim head coach in Andrew Brunette, and that title has not changed yet throughout this season. So, you know, when you're talking about where the direction of the Florida Panthers is going to go past this season, I, I don't know that. Andrew Brunette's necessarily the guy if they flame out in the playoffs and they're not looking particularly strong offensively, which was their bread and butter all year long, and they cannot score power play goals. So I do think that there are legitimate question marks surrounding all of those teams and their head coaching.
0: Vegas, Philadelphia, Winnipeg, Dallas, Detroit have all said that the coach last year is not going to be the coach next year dallas joined the fray today rick bonus resigned and the assistant coaches were let go are you surprised at dallas who scrapped and clawed to get into the playoffs decided to make a wholesale change uh
1: no not really um i i I kind of look at the Dallas Stars in a similar way that I look at the the Nashville Predators, and that though Dallas at least made it a series, there's going to need to be something that pushes them over the edge to more consistency, and I think that's the biggest thing for me when it comes to Dallas is they are just kind of a middle pack team that can either go on these really incredibly hot streaks and then incredibly cold streaks. And I, I think that there needs to be some tweaks to their game that, that makes them a more consistent team without all the peaks and valleys, but just kind of plays into what they do well. And that that right now, uh, moving forward, is going to be Jake Ottinger playing phenomenal in net and finding enough scoring. And, and that's really going to be the, the recipe for the Dallas Stars.
0: They're a team that went to Game 7 of the first round and lost uh, Mm -hmm. a very close game against Calgary. On the surface, if you look at that small picture, snapshot, you go, there's no way they're making a change. But the the writing's been on the wall uh, for a little bit because of the inconsistency, and this goes back to uh, they got the great bump uh, after Jim Montgomery was changed out uh, for Rick Bonus, and they went to the Stanley Cup final. But they never quite the same, and you've seen the fall off from Tyler and and Jamie and that uh, secondary, uh, that primary group before is uh, evolved into a secondary group. Uh, is is the same? Are we on the precipice of the same thing happening with the Boston Bruins, where on they? Like, that little quick snapshot, you go Boston's a perennial playoff team. Sure. They lost in the first round uh, this year and they haven't, uh, they haven't had that extended success, but they've got the, the they've changed out the goaltender. They've changed it a couple of things and they're still competing. Uh, or are, are Boston following in the same path of, of the Dallas stars where it's almost
1: inevitable. So I, I kind of feel like it's inevitable with Boston. And the only reason that I say that is this is a team that has had some really, really good postseason success, but outside of, outside of that one Stanley Cup, right? Like outside of 2011, they've just been nothing, nothing. They've been to countless Cup finals and have come up short. They they lost to Jordan Binnington and the St. Louis Blues in a series where they were up three games to two. Like there's a lot of Good that they've done in the Stanley Cup playoffs, but there's also a lot of really bad losses in key series for me when it comes to the Bruins that I say, you know what, if, if you feel like it's kind of stagnant, maybe you look at, at, at changing your coach. And then, of course, it goes without saying that everything in terms of Boston surrounds Patrice Bergeron and what he decides to do with his future. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Bruce Cassidy has done a marvelous job in Boston, but the uh, the general manager and the president have both been uh, outspoken about things have to change. They have to change their style of play with the Boston Bruins, and uh, it all leads to, to breakouts and transition play and uh, creating more mm-hmm. uh, offense five-on-five. Five. It, it Honestly, it did surprise me when I heard Don Sweeney and Cam Neely and saw their quotes uh, about uh, being able to turn the page. Here's the thing that I will um, – Put to you, uh, both the listeners and Wallace and Chapman. You have five teams looking for a head coach. Vegas is one of them. You have possibilities in Florida, and uh, Brunette's a, a coach of the year candidate. It's hard to think mm-hmm. that uh, that they might make a change. But he's in Uh with Bruce, and then you've got uh, San Jose, Montreal, unknown. Like uh, that's that's some of that is is uh, Martin Saint Louis. Uh, that's in his ball- ballpark. He makes that decision. But you've got potentially nine teams. It might end up being seven. It might end up staying at five. But uh, but you've got nine teams in, in the mix here. Does mm-hmm. that change how you your urgency in filling the vacancy? Can you still be as patient as you want to be?
1: So to me, it depends on whether or not you've got a specific candidate in mind, mm. or if you are really kind of in a in a position right now. Where you want to interview a bunch of different people and see what philosophically lines up best with what you want moving forward. In that, if you have a target in mind, if you've got a coach that's out there that you want, let's just say for the sake of argument, because I'm not going to use Barry Trotz, let's say it's Rick Talkett. If you're the Golden Knights or you're the Philadelphia Flyers, and that is the guy that you want, that is the name that you want associated with your team and leading your team next season, then it absolutely should heighten the urgency to go out there and get that done because there are too many options on the table right now for coaches, and there are too many coaches that are looking for their next job. Um, if you don't have your ideal candidate in mind, if you don't have that clearly defined number one option then I don't know that it changes very much because you might have some options that are then going to become available in the in the 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 idea of Bruce Cassidy if he were to become available I think there are a lot of teams that are on that list that aren't the Boston Bruins that would be interested in Bruce Cassidy and you're not going to be able to get that if you make a a knee-jerk reaction right now
0: so is there a name that you would be shocked is not hired as in one of these openings, either the five or seven could be nine? Uh, is is there? Give me two names that you would go. He's coaching in the league for sure next year. We've heard a lot about. Uh, 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 Rick Tockett, uh, we've mm-hmm. we've certainly heard uh Mike Babcock's name uh thrown out there. Uh Claude Julien is coaching at the World Championship right now. Elaine Vigneault is a popular name. Uh there's there's a number of uh of, of guys that uh, Jeff Blashfield was let go in Detroit after a,
1: a long run there. Um Score. I I I don't I don't give give me a couple. So I mean the, the most obvious one for me is is Pete DeBoer. Like I would be shocked if Pete DeBoer is not behind the bench of an NHL team come next season. I think that there are plenty of of destinations that could use Pete's structure, that could use his attention to detail to get the most out of the team that they have to maximize their skill set. Like If I'm the Dallas Stars, understanding how well Joe Pavelski played for San Jose, knowing what Pete's able to do with great offensive-minded defensemen. If you don't think you can get Miro Haskin into another level, if you don't think that you can get Joe Pavelski turning back the fountain of youth even more, if you hired Pete DeBoer, I think you're 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 wrong. So uh, I think that there's options for Pete, and I'd be shocked if Pete is not behind the bench next season. And then, you know, the the... The obvious one would be Barry Trotz, but I'm going to say Rick Tocchet. Like, there's been a lot of noise surrounding Rick Tockett. I think he's done a phenomenal job on the TV side of things, and I would I would hate to see that aspect go. But I think he's a player that knows how to deal star players. I think, or a coach that knows how to deal with star players. And he's a coach that is has not really been given the opportunity with a good team to prove how good of a coach he can be. Now, mm-hmm. uh, Paul Maurice jumps
0: out at me too. Didn't mention yeah. his name,
1: but to, but, I'm, but I'm offended you, by it.
0: Look at all, all the names that we've just run down here, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. there there's a lot of openings. There's a huge amount of big name talent that's also available as the as the head coach for all of these teams.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, you're, and and that's why I say like the only thing that should up your urgency is whether or not you have a front runner as as far as your your head coach. Like, if you have one name in mind and that's what you want and that's the reason you made a change, then your urgency has to be through the roof. But other than that, I, you're going to find a, a really good coach. You're going to have to do your due diligence. And I think that's the, the, the interesting thing about the Golden Knights right now is that this is the first time where there's been no real timeline and I, I don't get the sense that we're any closer today than we were on Monday when we first got the news.
0: You're right. The, the, Kelly McCormick said they're going to look at, at every possibility here. And, mm-hmm. and I think uh, some of that uh, could be college. Uh, some of that could be assistant coaches. Uh, some of that could be assistant coaches who are still in the Stanley Cup playoffs uh, who, who can't interview. Uh, it's funny because in, in football, you know, the, the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, assistant yeah. coaches are, are, are interviewing all over the place uh, yeah. for for teams for next year, even though they're, they're, their teams are going to the, the Super Bowl. Uh, that doesn't happen in hockey. Uh, not even close uh, to that yeah. happening in hockey. So it, it, it's a really uh, interesting spot. I I would not thrive in this position in, in hiring my next head coach, knowing that there's all these openings. This is where, where it Kelly McCrimmon is so great at at being able to take a step back and having the patience uh, to to do this uh, and not be affected by everything else that's going around. Like I can't believe Philadelphia hasn't hired Rick Tuckey yet. It's baffling. It's baffling to me that that hasn't happened. Yeah. And I've told and I've told Rick that myself. And I'm glad that he brought <laughs> his name up a little bit because I sometimes I, I feel like I get uh, a little bit um, uh, rose-colored glasses or the blinders on because Rick's Mm -hmm. a buddy of mine and, and I'd Mm -hmm. love to see him back coaching again. And I, uh, I've, I've told him flat out, like Philadelphia should have hired you two weeks ago and uh, and and to, to hear you talk about him in in such great uh, uh, commentary is, is is reassuring to me that it's not just me cheering for my buddy but uh, but uh, I also have the basis of, of the stats to, to go along with it because of uh, of your support but uh, some of those things like Winnipeg it it just seems like a perfect with Barry uh, Philadelphia' is mm-hmm, a yeah. perfect fit for uh Rick Tockett. uh mm-hmm. Dallas you you mentioned Pete uh right there Detroit I've heard uh Tony Granado that that mm-hmm. that works to me like, like there's 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 that setup uh there's there's there seems to be these these logical fits Vegas uh, Vegas is more wide open in this and in, in that they could go a couple of
1: different directions yeah, and I I think that that's kind of the the you know we we look back to Monday and I respect Kelly McCrimmon's ability to, to be very respectful to Pete DeBoer, right? Like, I, I think that that was a great move because you look at a coach that had a 650 points percentage over the course of three ish seasons. There's not really much that you can point to to say this didn't go well, that didn't go well, we want to go in this direction because it was lacking here. I respect that 100%. But I think a lot of the reason why maybe we're sitting here today wondering or or maybe with a less obvious choice or not an obvious choice is because we're not really sure what direction the Golden Knights are trying to go in Uh, we didn't get a lot on Monday about what the new voice needs to be or what the things have to what boxes need to be checked for the Golden Knights and their next coach I think that there's a lot of merit to that because you keep everybody guessing but I think it, it makes it hard to kind of handicap who it's going to be because there's a lot of different directions you can go with for a coach, and, and I don't know that we're any closer, like I said, to finding out what that's going to be for the Golden Knights.
0: Yeah, uh, and uh, and strange times with Boston being in the mix and Dallas making a change today and then you've got mm-hmm. uh, teams that uh, think they're right on the cusp of doing something really cool like Winnipeg and Detroit and Vegas is a Stanley Cup contender every year. It's uh, going to be fascinating to watch uh, leading up to and through the National Hockey League draft in Montreal in early July. We're going to take a break. we got the play of the day and it was a honor last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Chance to shoot for Stevenson centered, Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. A lot of offense earlier this week. Calgary Flames blew out the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and then it got close, but they scored uh, plenty of uh, goals in the early going, and last night was the exact opposite. The play of the day comes courtesy of a buzzer beater from the Tampa Bay Lightning.
1: Across the blue line, right point Kutrov. Kutrov a little pass. Finds a stick of Ruda. Back for Kutrov right circle. He is checked. Held in Palato, right point. Find it at Kucherov. Five to go. Kutrov put it in front. Score!
0: Score! Unbelievable. Ross Colton with 0.9 seconds left. Incredible! <laughs> 2 1 lightning! <laughs> Kucherov magic! And what a shot by Colton. Quick, quick release. The people here are in shock. What a beautiful play, but hey, Cooch does it again. It was a behind-the-back, no-look pass with four seconds to go, and Ross Colton puts it in, and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, take a 2-0 series lead over the Florida Panthers. As great as the goal was, I'm not going to lie to you guys, Listen to Phil Esposito is one of my favorite things uh, to do uh, when I'm listening to a game <laughs> on the radio. It is outstanding. Uh, Duva, Ellis, uh, and Elliott mm. are spectacular uh, when they call a game. But uh, but just Phil, there's no filter on him. It's just what you see is what he says.
1: Yeah, it, it's fantastic. Um, I, like I could, I could also just put dave michigan on loop right like it just the the fact that he's able to go from very calm play-by-play understanding real simple and then lightning score and all heck breaks breaks loose it's some of my favorite calls come from the tampa bay Lightning. it scares me <laughs>
0: 'Cause I'm into this like, rhythm listening to Phil and, and Mishkin's doing the regular call and then he goes like <laughs> turbo
1: it's like Full And I'm I, not a person I that get, needs to be scared. Yeah, no, I, I get concerned for the ability to take in oxygen. Yes. For Mishkin. Because like you could you could tell it's just not happening. Um but he's been fine, yeah. so you know, <laughs> good called a couple of Stanley Cups uh, along the way. Uh, Hour number
0: two the VGK Insider Show is coming up. Uh, Plenty to get to, including one-timers, news notes from around the National Hockey League, and catching up with Chapman on Fox Sports Las Vegas.